1: plushcare.com slash weightloss
0: Tampoco creo yo ¡Ojo oh, error! Vini mano a mano Chuta Vini, Gol, 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 gol. Ah, Ahora sí la levanta Menos mal Acabo de decir que ellos estaban cansados ah. oh. Y no me equivoco ¡Vaya error! Dembélé, vaya error del central, se la regaló a Vinicius y marca el Madrid. Mini mano a mano con el portero, con el Senaui. Cuando le sale el guardameta, se la pica por encima para marcar el primero. Marcó el Madrid, marcó Vinicius.
2: Hello and welcome to this midweek La Liga lowdown podcast. I'm your host Matt Clark and I'm delighted to be joined. By Román de Arque from Barcelona. As always, how are you, Román?
3: Uh, good, uh, Matt. Uh, very happy uh, because, of course, uh, Barça are doing really well in the league so far. So, in that sense, uh, everything is going well, and I can't complain at all because I honestly uh, didn't expect this to happen. Seeing how things went in the Champions League not so long ago, and and all that, you know, momentum that kind of faded away a bit. But uh, there we are, back at the top. And I guess not so happy for Madrid uh, qualifying to the final. But I mean, that's that's expected. I, and I, anyone would say that they're going to win the title quite easily. So uh, not that sad, actually.
2: <laughs> well, yes, you wrote about Barca and their transformation under Xavi on our Substack recently this week. And uh, that's lllonline.substack.com. You uh, had a look at the record that sees him exactly the same after 46 league games as a certain Pep Guardiola. So uh, not too bad for Xavi. Anyway, on to Real Madrid then, because they've been in action just before we've recorded this pod. They've uh, played in the semi-final of the Club World Cup after Flamengo surprisingly lost on Tuesday night. It was up to Madrid not to uh, suffer the curse tonight and ensure that Europe stays fighting for the Club World Cup. Um, they, they won 4-1 in the end, but they did suffer for quite large spells. It took a long time for them to open the scoring. It was a delicate Vinicius chip to, uh, just before half-time, his 50th goal for the club, uh, much better uh, the last couple of seasons compared to his first couple. Uh, he's, he's much more developed as a forward and uh, getting in the right areas and making better decisions and it's good for him to get back on the score sheet after a, a troubling couple of weeks in which lots of off-the-field stuff have, have clearly affected him in, in some way. Then after half-time, Valverde scored very quickly to make it 2-0 and it seemed like that was that. But then uh, Al-Ali got back in the game with a penalty from a, a clumsy challenge from Eduardo Camavinga. Madrid were then kind of soaking up the pressure and uh, there were chances for Al-Ali to make it to each. And then they thought they were going to seal it because uh, they got a penalty of their own. But Luka Modric had it saved by goalkeeper El Shanaoui. That's now four penalties Madrid have not converted this season by four different players, interestingly enough. Hazard, Benzema, Asensio, of course, just a few days ago in Mallorca and Modric here. Then they did finally wrap it up with two late goals. Beautiful backheel from Dani Ceballos, continuing his good form. Rodrigo crowned off a good performance for him with a goal. And then off the bench, just 28 seconds, Sergio Arribas, with his first goal for the club, made it 4-1. So now Real Madrid will face Al Hilal on Saturday in the final of the Club World Cup. Roman, what was your take on what you saw of the game? I don't think you saw all of it, but what was your take on what you did see?
3: Well, uh, I especially saw that second half where Madrid were were suffering. I mean, the the, Al Ali did had some very good chances, and I I guess this kind of um, repeats itself a bit in the sense that uh, we were seeing this these past few months in Madrid that's struggling quite a lot. You know, they're not uh, getting the results they want. They're not playing the football we saw before the World Cup. They've kind of lost a bit of of uh, that punch they had in attack. That that uh, defensive. Uh, stiffness, we could say, or how strong they were defensively before. So a, b- a bit of that um, typical, I guess, Madrid. Also because it's it's these f- few months that usually this happens to them. You know, January, February, they tend to slump a bit in their form. And and I think in this game we sp- saw much a bit more of this. We could say basically, uh, Real Madrid did struggle. And I mean they of course have a lot of uh, quality in attack. Benitez, for example, I think it's good to mention him because uh, not seeing him play in a hostile uh, stadium in La Liga you can tell he's another player you know he didn't have to worry about uh, talking to the refs talking to rivals all that kind of stuff and he was actually doing what he does best play football he got his goal uh, you mentioned it, his 50th goal for Madrid also his 14th goal this season so he scored more than Benzema so far this season so I mean his his goal scoring aspect or performances have really improved from previous seasons as you mentioned uh, just before and I mean to have him at that level for Madrid is just what they need because imagine this Benicius playing against Mallorca, playing against um, Athletic Club, against all the other. Uh, La Liga side, especially away from home, where he just tends to lose focus, you know, and, and gets into so much trouble, so when they have him at that level, uh, it's really hard to, to, to lose against them, because you know they're going to get at least a goal or two, and Rodrigo also, he's he's playing well, he's in good form, I mean, he's he's even been shining more than Vinicius, I'd say, in the past, but in this game, it was definitely Vinicius. Uh, but Rodrigo's definitely a, lo- a great talent to have up front, and despite missing out on Benzema, despite missing out on Courtois, Lunin was great there, so I mean it's it's not a very tough competition, let's be honest. Uh, whether it was uh, Madrid or Barca back in the days, it was a competition you almost knew they it was uh, practically guaranteed, we could say. So in that sense, I think it's not going to be too tough for them to, to win. But it's true, they're going through that form, as I said, that slump, and there could be a surprise, I guess, in the final, even though I don't think that that'll be the case because in the end, they usually uh, scrape through and get the win or, or the result they need.
2: Mm, interesting point. You make that on Vinicius. It's... Uh... It certainly probably wouldn't be uh, a big, as big a gap in the table had he been performing like he did mm. tonight across exactly. the last few weeks. Certainly since the World Cup, um, you mentioned this slump. Is it? You, you say that it often happens in the early part of the calendar year, as as we've all seen in the past. There's a lot of talk also that it's a kind of it happened with Ancelotti before because in 2013-14 they won the European Cup, then in 2014-15 they started off like a train then it all fell apart in the second half of the season. And there are similarities, aren't there? Because this season, off the back of winning the league in the European Cup, then they won I think, was it uh, 31 of the first 33 points in the league. They were top, they were flying, they won the Clasico. But then since then, their form has really tailed off in the league. And the Supercopper, fair to say, humiliated by Barca. Um, they faced them again in the Copper semi-finals, the Champions League's just around the corner. Like you say, it's, all these matches are coming thick and fast. And... The form is still not brilliant, but like you say, results are important. How big do you think winning this competition is? I know you say that it's kind of an expectation and almost a given that Spanish sides will, you know, be too strong, but do you think it will matter? It's one of those, isn't it? I think if Madrid lose it, it's a big crisis. If they win it, it's like, okay, yeah, they won it. Do you agree?
3: Yeah, exactly. I agree completely with you. I don't think it, it, winning it is going to really change their mentality and and, and recover uh, the old Real Madrid, at least from the beginning of the season, that was like uh, thundering past all the defences and, and getting good results. I honestly... Um, I'm definitely surprised to see this change, because, I mean, as I said, at the beginning of the season, Madrid looked really good, and I felt like Ancelotti had managed to find a way uh, for his team, you know, to to take a step forward and even improve in certain aspects, but then it's kind of tumbled down from there on, and uh, I kind of think that, yeah, if they win it, everybody's just going to expect it, because, as I said, it's one of these competitions where there's not too much of a challenge in the end, Uh, a lot of teams from uh, leagues which are much weaker countries which maybe don't have as a good football as, as they, we do here in Europe or in Spain. And if they do lose it, of course, it's going to be a massive... Uh deceitment, or the Fionis um, the, the was in Spanish because of disappointment, because of course um, they they expect Madrid, as I said, it's, it's a competition that they're expected to win without too much of a challenge, so of course if the result had ended, for example, 2-1 in the semi-final, which could have perfectly been that way, because they didn't score the last two goals right till the very end, and, and as we said, Al-Ali were pressing they had some very good opportunities, Lunin uh, was very important for them in those uh, last 15 uh, minutes or so I mean, that would have made them look a bit worse than than maybe uh what the score line uh, kind of uh, allows you to, or makes you think so in the end i just think that they have to win no matter what because if they lose it's it's going to be a big problem much more than much more of a benefit than if they win it, i'd say
2: yeah it just there's been rumors in the press that already options to replace ancelotti have been um begun to be thought of by by the board but uh yeah long way to go yet long way to go um Immediately, it's, it's this final on, on Saturday. They have a pretty good record, don't they, in international tournaments because, what is that, since 2002, this will be their 18th international final, whether it's Champions League, UEFA Super Cup or, or Club World Cup. They've won 16 of the previous 17. The only one they lost was the Super Cup to Atleti in 2018. So, yeah, they, they tend to do pretty well when it comes to these these kind of tournaments. And as you say, being European champion does tend to help it. I think 2012 was the last time a Champions League winner, didn't win the Club World Cup. So, yeah, odds very much in their favour. Um, speaking a bit more generally than about Real Madrid, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Dani Ceballos, Marco Asensio performing better than people expected. And given the absence of the likes of Karim Benzema for quite a lot of the season, really, do you think that it's even more important that these players make the step up?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when when the the um, old guard isn't available or isn't performing at its best, uh, you need a the young blood, you know, to kind of uh, show its quality and show that it, it's worth, and for example, uh, Kamavinga maybe in this sense has been a bit of a disappointment lately, especially of course because they're playing him in a full-back position where he's really suffering defensively. Offensively, he, he does provide a bit, you know, he has his weapons, He you can tell because he's usually playing in a midfield going... Uh, Forward, He likes to do that also. But defensively, maybe, you know, it's it's a new position. It's a big change. It's making it difficult for him. Asensio the other day, who wanted to step up for the team and score from the penalty spot for Mallorca, and, and absolutely disappointed, I guess, because, well, they lost, of course. Uh, so, I mean, they need players uh, to be more like a Rodrigo, I'd say, you know. Fede Valverde, who maybe hasn't been as as incredible since the World Cup, but we saw what he's capable of. And, for example, in this game, uh, physically he was there nonstop, running up and down the pitch, uh, trying to help in, in all aspects of the game. So it's it's really important for Madrid to, to have these young players develop and, and become important. And as you also mentioned, Ceballos is a great example. I mean, he's a player that has barely been used in Madrid in the last uh, few years when he's been in the squad, Um, every time he came, he would have some few minutes, you'd see he had a lot of talent quality, but he'd never uh, find that consistency or continuity, you know, uh, as a starter, or at least having minutes, and now, for example, uh, they've had to play him basically because uh, other players maybe are f- more fatigued or are injured etc and he's showing that he's got a lot of quality we saw it back in the days with Betis I mean even Barca wanted him he looked so so good he had so much quality and unfortunately his career hasn't maybe developed of, as he would have wished or maybe us fans would have wished too because I mean we always saw what he was capable of but now at least he's having those opportunities to, and he's uh, proving he's worthy you know he can play it at Real Madrid and having a Ceballos like this is, is is fantastic for them
2: mm. I was thinking as well, it might be interesting to see if he makes it into the next Spain squad in March um, for Luis de la Fuente's first, first selection. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's for an issue for next month. But uh, mm. Moving on from the Club World Cup, then we'll see how Madrid get on in the final, as we say, on Saturday. Good luck to them from a Spanish perspective. Obviously, Román, probably not so much. Um, since our last podcast, we had the final game of Match Day 20, and it was a belter. Rayo 2, Almería 0. Um, fantastic from Raivo once again moving up to fifth in the table. Varecas was bouncing. Rory Barlow was there, very jealous of him. Um, there's a real buzz about that place. Could they? I mean, they they could, couldn't they? They're in the race for Europe without a doubt.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've I've always said I, th- I think Iraola is a, a fantastic manager. I've said it multiple times. I think uh, we'll see him in the future coaching top clubs, I'm not sure, maybe it'll take a little bit longer to maybe reach Real Madrid or Barcelona, but he has so much potential, I mean, how quickly he's already jumped from lower divisions uh, into the top tier, and already with Rayo Vallecano, a team that always used to struggle in the last and recent years when they came up, you know, that used to go down with Jemez and with other coaches, Uh, um, Iraula has found the key to to make them uh, sustain themselves, and not just that, compete, play really good football, we saw it last season, that first Half of the season where they were getting amazing results at home. They were, I think, the best team in home in Europe or something like that, competing with PSG or something like that, which was amazing, you know. And now this season, they didn't start as well, but little by little, you know, Rayo are still there. They're fighting. They're already uh, fifth in the standings. I mean... Who would have said that he could manage something like this? And we're talking about the squad that's pretty short. I mean, it's not one of the deepest, strongest squads. It has a very small budget. And let's not forget, Raul de Tomas still has practically uh, not even come into scene. You know, he had a few minutes, I think, a, f- a few a while ago, but then he got injured again. And I mean, having that guy available will just give them an extra massive boost. So what Idaola you know, is doing is just... As we say here in Spain, Chapo, you know, take my mm. hat off because it's incredible what he's he's managing with, with what he has.
2: The crowd at Vallecas were singing next year, Rio Liverpool, and to be honest, Liverpool are the ones that are going to be letting the side That's down so there because... They're the side that isn't going to make European football and Rayo very much in the, in pole position to at least make some form of European competition. Iraola, therefore has attracted attention this week on Monday in the Premier League. Leeds United struggling only above the bottom three on goal difference. They sacked Jesse Marsh and the early rumors were that Andoni Iraola, of course, the captain for Marcelo Bielsa, a Leeds legend at Athletic. His name cropped up and was heavily linked from sources in, in England. And reportedly, Orta, uh, the director of Leeds, flew to Madrid uh, on Tuesday night and uh, reportedly tried to to get him to to join Leeds. Reports on Wednesday evening from Radio Stadio have said that Iroyola will stay at Rio this season to uh, see out his contract and then see where they are in the summer because also he doesn't want to leave a project which is obviously doing so well. And, you know, to kind of... It's often seen as letting down the players, isn't it, if you leave a club mid-season. I know Emery was... um, quite criticised for that when he went to Villa. So, yeah, Roman, first of all, it's very good, I think, that Iraol is staying. We had Andy West tweeting, you don't want him, he's awful, he's terrible. Leave him alone, he's, he's no good. Doing, <laughs> doing the work for all of us there, trying to keep him in Spain. So, fantastic to see. Let's hope that is true, and let's hope he does stay with Rayo.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I honestly uh, didn't think he would be leaving. I mean, uh, of course, the Premier League is very appealing, but uh, when you're at a humble club... In your domestic competition and you're doing so well would you really want to leave even though of course we know that in the premier league he's going to earn so much more money i mean he's a very young manager he's got so much time you know to, to go to the premier league we know how the premier league every season every year they're jumping for international managers players splashing the cash i mean i'm sure he'll get plenty more offers even from better teams i'd say uh, in the near future in the premier league if he wants to go there so i mean not necessary take your time you know enjoy what you have at the moment he's doing so well at rayo i think it's it's best always to try and finish the season if you can it would just make no sense uh, to tarnish his image by just leaving halfway through and and you know uh, packing up his bags and going to the premier league didn't make any sense honestly i, I when i when i heard the option of, of Iraula, i just uh, was sure that he wasn't going to accept it it made no sense for me
2: mm. se queda Fantastic. Right, that's all we have time for for the first part. But in part two, we'll look ahead to the weekend in La Liga. Only nine games, of course, because Real Madrid are away in Morocco. So we'll preview those games after the break. See you soon. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. I'm here with Romanda Arquer. We're now going to preview match day 21 in La Liga. It all kicks off in Andalucía on Friday night. Cadiz against Girona. On Saturday, we have Almería Betis. Nice Andalus derby there. Sevilla Mallorca and Valencia Athletic. Could be pretty interesting that one on Saturday night. On to Sunday, we have a Madrid derby. Getafe against High Flying Rayo. Celta against Atleti. Real Valladolid against Osasuna. And then the partidazo on Sunday night is Villarreal against Barca. Monday night sees Espanyol take on Real Sociedad looking to get back onto winning ways. Roman, the key fixture here is clearly Villarreal-Barca. Setien, one of your favourite managers around, um, faces his old club. He's under a bit of pressure again because Villarreal have lost the last two. Barca could move 11 points clear. You're on the fence on this one, aren't you?
3: Well, well, I'm not on the fence because (laughs) it is Barca in the end, I mean... Uh, my priorities are pretty clear in that, in that sense. But of course, uh, I kind of feel bad for Setien having to beat his team again and, and three defeats in, <laughs> in a row would be uh, quite tough. And honestly, I mean, uh, colors aside, I think the Barca are definitely in, in very good form at the moment, you know, and they have a very good chance of, of beating Villarreal. It's a team that usually Barca does very well, no matter who's the manager. Setién is also a manager which uh, tends to get poor results uh, against Barcelona, we could say. So, uh, I mean, he's he's played against them, I think it's over. It's around seven times or so, and he's just won once. And it was an away fixture, it was that 4-3, a uh, fantastic yeah. game, by the way, at the Camp Nou, it was when he was managing Betis in uh, 2018. And all the other results have been uh, mostly quite... Uh, or quite big, I'd say, because usually Barca has beaten him, him, his teams, by maybe three, with three goals, scoring three, three, scoring four, scoring five, etc., so uh, it's not going to be easy for him, I mean, uh, he has to do his best, because, of course, two defeats in a row, especially that defeat against Elche, was very, very, very disappointing, I mean, they hadn't won uh, this season yet, you know, and it was a team that he should have got three points against, it's true that Villarreal have kind of struggled a bit against Elche in in recent uh, times, but still no excuse there, and uh, yeah, I mean, I like Setien, but definitely for me, it has to be Barca.
2: Of course, of course, never in doubt. Um, another another fixture where there's a an ex-manager facing his old side, Ruby and Almeria against Betis, and this one's quite intriguing to me, because Almeria are the most casero team of any in the league, what's the English word there, for, I guess the most homely They've got yeah. the highest percentage of their points at home. 19 out of 22 for Almeria have been at the Power Horse Stadium. So this is another real chance for them to to get a good result at home. And Betis haven't been in great form. And yeah, I, I think if anyone, as of course, with Villarreal too, they're almost in danger of just missing a trick and in, in getting into those top four positions.
3: Yeah, Betis, uh, I mean, Villarreal and Betis were probably two of the sides which we expected to be fighting for that uh, fourth uh, European spot, maybe, and they have definitely been disappointing, Betty's too, um, I mean, before this defeat, I think they were even a bit higher up in the standings, maybe fifth, and it was a, kind of a miracle to see them still there, because there have been so many games where they were dropping points, getting players sent off, uh, not being capable of getting past teams, which they should quite easily beat we could say Uh, so yeah it's been quite disappointing they had a decent start but since then Pellegrini's men have really struggled a lot and uh, this could be another tricky game for them because Almeria as you said they're a strong side at home they've improved in the goal scoring aspect even though last uh, weekend it wasn't great for them but still I mean you can tell there was a difference because at the beginning remember we were saying that without Omar Sadiq they were really struggling to get goals and then once they found the first goal a bunch of them came following, and so they, they've improved a lot in that sense, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if they get a goal or two past uh, Betis, so I, because Betis defensively just don't seem as reliable as, as they did in the past, and uh, offensively they're struggling, Borja Iglesias again is going through one of these tough moments where he's there, you know, he's present, he's generating, he's trying to feed his teammates, but him, he himself is not really um, having too much luck, luck uh, on target, so, I mean, it's going to be a tough one for, for Betis, in my opinion.
2: Mm, Yeah, I agree there. I agree. Also in Andalusia on Saturday, Sevilla Mallorca. Um, We thought Sevilla had turned a corner a little bit because they'd made some interesting signings and they had a few good results. But then that performance at now last weekend was so insipid and so negative. And even when they went 1-0 down, there was no reaction from San Pauli's side. And back at home now, they really have to go for it, don't they?
3: Yeah, and honestly, I wasn't surprised to see them get thrashed by Barca. It was what I expected, honestly, because I think the the positive results Sevilla had had were a bit tricky. Because, of course, there was a sending off at Cali. There was a last-minute goal uh, against Elche. There was also a sending off in the first half. So, of course, playing against 10 men against the worst side of La Liga, you can easily manage a 3-0. And, I mean, uh, you know, they did fight in the Copa del Rey against Osasuna, etc. But uh, I knew it it was a bit of a tricky thing to see you know to, to, to believe in them at the moment is still too soon uh, I think against Mallorca it's also going to be a very tough game for them we see how well Mallorca can defend against uh, Real Madrid and in many other games Aguirre is a manager that uh, tends to show his teams how to defend very very well and that's one of the big differences between Mallorca this season and last season when Aguirre came on, this changed uh, in a big manner. And, and since then, they've been much stronger in that aspect. So I think they're going to be, uh, you know, Mallorca are going to be quite tight at the back. Look for those counters. Sevilla have the pressure of their fans to score, to get results. They have made some very interesting signings. And as you said, I think that's definitely going to help them uh, in the long run. But uh, I think it's also going to be a, a tight game. Very few goals. And if Sevilla get a win, it's probably going to be very, very difficult. And they're really going to uh, struggle in this one.
2: Hmm. por la minima perhaps Um, still just two points above the drop zone so a very important fixture for them Mm -hmm. speaking of giants in a lot of trouble Valencia they take on Athletic Club just a few weeks after losing to the same opponent at Mestalla in the Copa Um, very disappointing and that kind of just exaggerated this poor month and then since then the league form has also dipped um, like a lead balloon just one point from six games now in the league really rough. Voro of course is back in. Athletic had that encouraging win last week with Oyan Sunset's hat-trick. There's probably going to be a lot of protests at Mistaya on Saturday night too. Be sure to follow Paco Pollitt's timelines for all the uh, action there. Again this feels like a game where they just can't afford to lose it but they probably will.
3: It's tough to say, uh, because Athletic Club were also going through a very bad streak, but then, surprisingly, against Cádiz, they came up with an an impressive result. uh, And it's a team that they'd also had their difficulties with in the past, the Cádiz. So, I mean, good from Athletic. So, we'll see if they keep up with this uh, form, or if they go back to their little uh, disappointing run, maybe. So, that's maybe something Valencia could make a bit uh, most of, but it's going to be difficult, because in the end, Valencia always have these same problems you know Uh, it's not just within the squad it's always surrounding the squad that's that's the main problem that's where they they really suffer and one way or another it ends up impacting the players and of course if you get rid of their manager halfway through the season uh not really sure why honestly even though there were there was a poor run of results just seemed a bit too soon to to make that happen and if we look at the standings i mean there's Only two teams that have lost more games than Valencia. That's Valladolid and Elche, the worst team of the the Mm. competition. So, I mean, Valencia are really going through poor form, really struggling. It's going to be tough. They are an expected side. You know, they can win when you least uh, expect them to. But still, I think they're going to struggle and it's going to be very tough for them until the end of the season. Uh, Borla knows the team very well. He's always there. He's always on the sidelines, keeping an eye eye out. So he knows kind of what the players might need or what... um, has been happening and how to react to that but still it's very difficult to just jump on and, and take charge of of the ship you know and, and change things immediately so we'll see if you can find solutions but at the moment it looks very grim for Valencia.
2: it certainly does in serious trouble um and i think the uncertainty is just exacerbating this because i mean voro's in but how long is he in for um we don't really know there's talk yeah. that he could be given until the end of the season but then also there's been rumors that They've been sounding out potential replacements. There's even been rumours of Bordalas coming back. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo again. It's The uncertainty just isn't helping anyone, is it? And yeah, yeah it's it, it's not an ideal situation at all. So that'll be a fascinating clash on Saturday night. A couple of things to pick out from Sunday. Uh, Getafe-Rayo will be interesting in Madrid. Uh, Quique sanchez Flores still under a bit of pressure. He got uh, a good result against Atleti last week, 1-1. But uh, I think another home defeat against Rayo here would put him back under very serious pressure. And then as for Celta Aletia, I really like the look of this game because, well, Celta have made a signing, of course. Um, The injury to Agustin Marchesin. He did his Achilles tendon in training, so they've had to sign uh, an unattached goalkeeper, and that was Diego Alves, of course, Mr. Para Penalties, the cult hero from Almeria and Valencia, who saved almost half of the penalties he faced in La Liga. And I remember there was a game against Atleti, funnily enough, where... As Valencia keeper, he saved two penalties in the same game. So, <laughs> Atleti forwards, including Antoine Griezmann, will be thinking, "Oh no, not him again." <laughs> so we'll see if he makes his debut in this one. We'll see if if Celtic can continue their, their good run at back at home. But for Atleti again, this it's an important important game because the likes of Rio and presumably Betis Villarreal will be wanting to put pressure on them. So Atleti need to keep getting the results, don't they?
3: Yeah, Leti need to uh, keep getting results. I mean, they've been in a decent run, we could say, if we, if we look at how the season has been going for them. Somehow or another, you know, they're still there. They're still fighting. They're still uh, pulling through these difficult times. They've lost uh, João Félix. love lost Cunha, who maybe isn't as important, but especially João Félix, who, of course, there wasn't a good relationship with uh, Simeone. But when he was on, you could say, you could see he was making a difference. So for me, uh, Memphis Depay is a decent signing, but he's not really João level. So we'll have to see how this works out in the end and if they can finally still pull through the season uh, with with good results but this one's going to be a tough one because Celta who seemed like a team that generated but was incapable of scoring finally in that last game I mean uh, amazing scoreline you know 4-3 against Betis and that was uh, that's hopefully going to be uh, useful for them you know to kind of break past that uh, momentum where they were just really struggling as I said to get the goals so maybe with this now they can finally uh, have their players uh, getting more of those important goals and we've seen the quality of, of the youngsters like Gabri Vega you know it's fantastic to see uh, what he's capable of Capable of. sorry how he's shining this so far he could be or well, he's going to be for sure important not just this season but in the near future Larsen is, is looking also pretty good and they signed Seferovic also in the mm. uh, transfer market I mean he wasn't great at Real Sociedad in terms of scoring goals but it's always good, I guess, to have some extra uh, legs, you know, in attack and, and a bit more experience uh, just in case uh, the others aren't, aren't sharp. So, yeah, we'll have to see how this one goes, but it won't be an easy game uh, once again. I mean, all the games in La Liga tend to be quite tough. It's one of these competitions yeah. where we don't see massive scorelines usually, but we do see uh, games which could go anyway, you know. Mm.
2: Yeah, I remember Safarovic. he always seems to play for Switzerland and then there was that glaring error yeah. for Benfica the miss can now last season in the Champions League when he True. had a goal at his mercy and then somehow managed to miss. So he'll be hoping to put that to bed. But uh, yeah, interesting game. Valladolid Osasuna will Kyle Larin score again. He's got two and two off the bench to make it two wins in a row for Pacheta's side. Osasuna will be looking to get back to winning ways as well. But of course the, uh, the Copa del Rey semi-final is very much on their minds. Um, and then yeah, Monday, Espanol Real Sociedad. It'd be good for the Basque side to you know just get over that defeat last week um, and Consolidate third in the league with Madrid obviously not playing. And Espanol, I don't know, Espanol, again, we talked a few times about them. It's, it's kind of strange. I mean, they've got Denis Suarez now, they've got Sergi Dada there. Uh, they've got some quality in that side. We're hoping they can push up, but they're still kind of one step forward, two steps back almost, aren't they?
3: Yeah, yeah. It seemed that they were going through a bit of a good run uh, not long ago, a few weeks ago. But then again, uh, not the best results of late. But still, I mean, it's true that a lot of new signings, as you you just said, came in. You know, Denis White among them. Uh, Sometimes it takes a little bit of time, of course, uh, for these players to, to fully fully adapt to what is expected. And it's been a tough season for Diego Martinez so far. I mean, uh, we all know what he's capable of. Hopefully, in the long run, uh, they'll they'll trust him and he'll be able to show why uh, they should trust him. Uh, but at the same time, it is maybe slightly disappointing to see him struggling so much at Espanol and, and seeing how uh, things haven't gone as well. But of course, let's not forget, they lost their best striker, de Tomás, even though they wanted to get rid of him. But still, you know, uh, it's always a step down having... A player like him up front scoring goals from not having him, even though José Lu has been really good, you know, taking over and then scoring the goals. He's been fantastic. But just imagine what it would have been to have José Lu and Raúl de Tomás up front for, for Espanyol. That should have be, sh- surely would have been a completely different um, view from them. But, yeah, it's it's a bit of, of a struggle for Espanyol. It's going to be another tough game because Real Sociedad will also want to... Uh, get a win after that disappointing defeat against Valladolid because they're, they're fighting up there, you know, for, for the European positions. Even La Liga wasn't too far off not long ago. Now maybe a bit more complicated with Barca uh, in their incredible form. But still, Real Madrid is just six points away and uh, we're, we know how they're playing lately. So I'm sure they're going to want to try and push there and see if they can maybe get a second spot. You never know.
2: Mm, so much to look forward to. So many different subplots and storylines all across the weekend. Uh, make sure you follow us at La Liga Lowdown to keep across all the action from Club World Cup to La Liga. Roman, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the games, especially the Real Barça.
3: I will do. Thank you, Matt.
2: And thank you all for listening. We'll be back early next week with a review of all the action and uh, we'll see how things are looking after the weekend, so for now it's from all of us here enjoy the weekend and adios.
0: Mira, 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 gol, mira, 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 goal! Goal, 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 A goal <laughs> ¡Arriba marca el cuarto! ¡Este chaval tiene gol! ¡Este chaval es de largo!